Hello, and welcome to the All Things Narrative Podcast, where we explore the relationships between the stories we love and the stories we live. I'm your host, Derek Hatch, and let's get started. All right, welcome back to All Things Narrative, and our second Tuesday of the month is our Narrative 101 conversation, or should I say monologue, because it's just me in the building today. And it's all good because I am so glad that you are here. Thank you for checking out this podcast. If you are enjoying this, please um, connect with us on social media through Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. Yada, yada, yada. You know the drill by now. So, you know, the weird thing about when you do a podcast and when you do start a business and all that stuff is you have to do a lot of self-promotion and you just find yourself having to talk a lot about who you are and why you matter and why people should pay you for your services. And that's one of been one of the hardest things to be transparent about this whole journey is I kind of just like to come in and do my thing. This whole idea of like selling myself and whatnot is challenging. Not that I don't think I have something to offer, but I don't, I guess I just don't enjoy that part as much because I don't want it to be about me. And this is a, a narrative practices thing for sure, because um, today what we're going to talk about is this idea of being decentered yet influential, or you might have heard it said influential yet decentered. So this is a very key idea in narrative practices. This is something that when you read, you know, Michael White, David Epstein, you know, any of these writers who write on narrative therapy and narrative practices, you're going to see this come up eventually. And of course, it's in our good buddy, Jonathan Stillman's Narrative Principles book. It's actually Principle 2A. So this is, yeah, this is a big one. And I wanted to save it till now because I wanted to kind of do some episodes first on the what and the why, because this is very much a part of the how. How do you do these things? And this is so key here. So this idea of being decentered yet influential is hard for us, uh, especially hard for someone like me. A, I love to talk, but I also love like, and this is genuine. I just genuinely love sharing my experiences in ways uh, that maybe can be helpful for people. And in narrative practices, you know, we have to remember that as practitioners, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about centering the person right in front of us or the people right in front of us if we're in groups and asking ourselves, are we truly present to what they have to say? This comes back to the listening episode, right? And there'll be a little bit of overlap because this builds off it. But if we are being good listeners and we're going to ask good questions and these questions that we ask are questions that are meant to ultimately be in favor of what story the client is longing for. I think sometimes when we become quote unquote experts in our field, you know, be it a therapist or a counselor or a teacher or a CEO or a leader, whatever position you're in where you have influence over people, we tend to fall into this mindset that, well, because I'm at the top or because I've arrived here, I therefore know what's best for you. And that's not to like 
discount like the true wisdom because there is wisdom as we grow into these positions. And there is wisdom that comes, uh, hopefully, to somebody being in a leadership position. But the reality is sometimes I think we could get too caught up in this idea that I am the solution. They're coming to me and I'm going to fix the problem. I'm the one who, it's my responsibility to set things right for this person. And we can, a lot of this can just put this pressure on us because we want it to be about us. There's this idea of like a Messiah complex, right? Where you want to go in and you believe that you are the one. Maybe sometimes in some cases you think you're the only one that can go in and fix this, you know? And, and you know, there's a lot of great films that explore the, the Messiah complex silence uh, with the Martin Scorsese's silence uh, with Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver. That's, yeah, that movie explores that Messiah complex of how sometimes it can blind us to the true pains of what a person is going through. And maybe, maybe we might have something good to say, something good to offer, you know? Like, like uh, Andrew Garfield's pro- character in Silence, you know? He was, I believe he was genuine and I believe he was there wanting to do some good, as, as are many of us. But this idea, when we center ourselves, we end up missing the people right in front of us. We don't see them for who they are and where they're at. We instead see them for what we want them to be. And that's dangerous. We have to be super careful of that. So this idea of being decentered yet influential is kind of a way of balancing the scales again. It's kind of a way of allowing us to as practitioners to evaluate our role. And that role is more like a guide. And we know these guide characters in fiction, they're all over the place. So think in Star Wars, think Obi-Wan, Harry Potter, think Dumbledore, Lord of the Rings, think Gandalf, Spider-Man, think, well, various people. If you heard our Spider-Man episode, you could think Uncle Ben, you could think um, in some ways, you know, like other superheroes, like in the comics, Human Torch or um, Tony Stark, Iron Man in the MCU movies, right? Captain Stacy. These stories have these guides. The guides are usually pretty cool. They have a ton of life experience and they know what's up. The guide is someone that you often point to in the movie and you're like, yeah, they're awesome. And you get that moment usually in a move in the series where you get to see them do something cool. And that in that moment when they do something cool, you kind of realize, whoa, there's more to them, right? Than what you see or what you have seen, because what you have seen is this very mentoring teacher type of role, but they're not going around as good guides saying like, oh, when I did this, when I did that, you know, and like just, just bragging on, on their, their past experiences. It's cool. Like when you watch Obi-Wan in the original trilogy, after you've watched the prequels and you're like, wow, this guy's done a lot of stuff. And you're just kind of like, dang, He's, he's quite a humble guy. You know, you really get the sense in Star Wars A New Hope that he is there to better Luke, to get him on his journey and to help move him in the direction that Luke wants to go in, but also that influential piece 
which is where he sees that Luke still needs to learn something. Obi-Wan has that piece of the Jedi. He has that knowledge and that skill, and he wants to pass that on to Luke, right? As narrative practitioners, we have these knowledges and skills that we want to impart to people that we believe can help them to live a meaningful story, that can help them to live the preferred narrative that can change their lives and help them make sense of it. So it's important as the guide that we are using what we have. We are using these skills and knowledges and using them responsibly and passing them on. But at the same time, we have to remember that that's their journey. It's Frodo's journey. It's Harry's journey. It's Luke's journey. It's Peter's journey. Or in Into the Spider-Verse, it's Miles's journey, you know? They have to remember that. There, there comes a point where we have to step back and realize this is their journey, and I am the guide. That's what we say at All Things Narrative is that's the role that we're going for, or at least I'm going for. I, I don't know why I say we, I'm the only one, <laughs> but that's that's what I'm going for, you know? It's cool because I think it does benefit every one of us, including if you're a narrative practitioner and you're listening to this, or if you're in any of these kind of fields, teacher, CEO, that you're the one who has a guide as well, um, that somebody is centering you that you're making time for that, that you're taking care of yourself to have somebody pour into your life as well, that you have a good guide who could be decentered yet influential. It's kind of like this, like my background is, is in teaching and ministry and stuff like that. So when I go work with a group of students, you know, sometimes it's been in recoveries groups, sometimes it's been in after school programs, sometimes it's been in churches or classrooms. I'm not there to basically have a, a self-care for me. Like, I'm, that's not what I'm there for. I need to go get that somewhere else. You feeling me? I need to go have somebody else pour into me and take care of me. Because when I'm in that place, in that classroom, in that recovery group, wherever it is, it is about them. That is their moment where they are being challenged and loved and guided as the protagonists of their lives. So you have to tell yourself that because as a teacher, you tend to get into this, this mindset, especially as you develop curriculum of like, well, I know what's best and I'm going to come and give it. You always come, you want to be prepared, right? But you also want to be open. You want to be open to, to what, what the vibe of the room is. You want to be open to, you know, there's been times where I've come in and I've had all these lessons, all these things planned out. And then somebody comes in and says, my grandma died. What do you do? Do you stick with your, your, your plan or do you go, you go into that? And that's why I always might ask the person, like, would you like to talk more about that? And sometimes they do. And I throw out my lesson plan. I throw out what I came with. And I said, all right, let's go. How can I be here for you? Other times they're like, no, like maybe not right now, but thank you for asking. Let's talk about, you know, like, like sometimes if you're going through a study, you know, sometimes they, they want, they want that. They want to continue in that. So it gives them a sense of normalcy. So again, it's preferencing the person, not you. It's not about you, even though we may want it to be about ourselves. I mean, it just gets annoying if it's just about you all the time, right? Oh gosh, I was trying to think of an example of of this idea of 
centering yourself all the time into everything. And I thought of a one of my probably one of I, I recently saw this movie. I've wanted to see it for years. And this ended up being one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I'm sorry if I offend you uh, right now as I say what it is. And I'm sorry if you like this movie, but it's a movie called High Fidelity. And it's just about this guy who's narrating his life to us, you know, and I, and I get it. You know, he's the protagonist of his story. He's the narrator of it. But then there's this aspect of how he was bringing other people into this story and talking about all these bad relationships he's had. And he, he gets to the point where he just, it's just all about him. It's, it's all about him and it's no regard for the other people in his life and what they want and what they're, what's going on with them. That's the last thing you want as a practitioner. Yeah, I, I, He's not a guide figure, believe me. He's not a practitioner. He's not anything like that. But we don't want to come in with that mindset. And this is, a, this is a classic example of how this can happen here. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody is sharing something really deep that they're going through, that they went through, and you bring up an experience that you think captures exactly what they're going through? And you kind of share like, yeah, when I, when I went through that, I didn't wallow around and be and was sad. I said, you know what? This is an opportunity. And I took that opportunity. And again, you could mean well there, but you're like, that person is not you. You are not that person. Who are you to say that that person is going to handle it the same way you did and that they want to handle it the same way you did? So we have to be so careful because we, that's why we want to ask questions. I shared um, in the last episode about listening, go back and listen to this, where I shared my big light bulb epiphany aha moment when I realized when I was, as a group leader, making it all about me, about my advice, about sharing my experiences and how I got through it and how I got over it and how if you just do what I did, you'll get over it because there's a formula. No, there's not. So yeah, go listen to that story because that story uh, from my senior year was so pivotal and it changed my life in so many ways. And if we are in a position of influence, it's always good to check yourself. Why am I here? Am I here to just get people to think and act like me? Am I here just because I believe that I know what they want? I mean, gosh, being in the church world, you see this all the time with churches and ministries and missionaries. Oh, I, I, oh man, I could tell you stories for hours of people that come in and they think they know exactly what this group needs. And they say, well, I'm going to give it to them. And I even, you know, even today, like I'm thinking about this as a business, like how am I? Am I listening? Am I taking the time to listen to what people need and meeting those needs? So I'm not saying I've got this whole decentered yet influential thing figured out because I'm working on it too for my life. I definitely have not arrived yet there, but I'm, I'm going for that role of the guide. You know, I see the guide. I see that potential to be that figure. You think Peter Parker telling Miles Morales, don't do it 
like me, do it like you. I love that line. That's one of the best decentered yet influential lines. And that's what I'm going for. And, you know, I know this, this might not speak to everybody because you might be listening to this and you might be like, well, I'm not really like in a position where I have to worry about being decentered. I mean, this works for everything. If you're a parent and your kids are going through something, be present with them, listen to them. Go check out our episode uh, with witnessing and listening. Because sometimes when your kids are going through something, parents, we can take that as like, oh, this is this is because of me. This is a reflection of me. Da, 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 da. And again, we center ourselves and it's not about us. It's how can I be present to my son, my daughter, whoever it is? How can I truly listen to them? But how can I also as a parent who maybe has been through something similar, how can I use that influence wisely? And that influence comes, I think, a lot by asking questions. And what I've learned to do is, and I do this in workshops or one-on-one coaching, is if I do feel like there might be something valuable in maybe an experience of mine or something, I will always preface it with, hey, may I tell you a story? Can I share a story about my life or about my experience? And I just share the story. And I'll, you know, sometimes I'll say, I don't know if that helps or if that does anything for you. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. You have to try, you know, you have to kind of take a risk sometimes and try because there are sometimes where I share things about my life and it is helpful. But again, I like to ask the person like, is this okay if I take the time and if I share something? And sometimes it's even down to the questions that I ask where I might, you know, ask a question and I might be like, you know, if it's a tough question, I might ask, you might not be able to answer this or you might not want to answer this now and that's okay, but I want to ask it. And sometimes I'll ask the question not expecting an answer, but just saying, maybe think about this. Maybe it's helpful. Maybe it's not. Because we have to believe that people want to try. They want to try to take care of their lives. Because if they are coming to you and asking for help, hopefully that implies that they're willing to do something. They're willing to try. And trying to give them the benefit of the doubt there. So I don't have too much left on this episode. I know that I this is a journey for me, you know? David Denborough in in that episode talked about how the dangers of just kind of showing up and with a full, you know, expectation of, okay, this is exactly what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And, you know, it's one thing if people like sign up for something because you're telling people, hey, this is what I offer. And if people are signing up for them, they're saying, yes, I want that. It's another thing if you're invited to maybe work with a group of people um, and maybe they necessarily didn't sign up for it and taking the time to answer, okay, who are the people right in front of me? What can I do for them to get them to where they need to go in the story of their lives and where they need to go? Meaning where do they, where do they want to go? And finding those, those moments because guides can challenge. It's okay to challenge people. That's how we grow, right? If, if we don't ever get challenged and we just like pat people on the back and just say, oh, you know, you got drunk last night. Good for you. 
you know, we don't we don't really want to we don't really want to do that because we don't want to enable or anything like that. So we we want to strike that balance, decentered. It's not about you. You you go have time somewhere else where somebody pours into you and you're the center of the conversation. But that's not what a narrative conversation or when you're teaching or you're working with your employees or whatever. It's not about that. My wife and I love watching Hotel Hell and you just see these hotel owners that just make it all about them. You know, and that's like the thing Gordon Ramsay always has to like tell them like, you're in the hospitality industry. It's not about you. It's about you. How are you serving them? How are you being there for them? And that's a great place, I guess, to end on. So find that balance and don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try because that's how we learn. That's how we grow. I think, I guess it all just comes back to humility. And that's what I want to strive for is to be a, you know, I'm thankful that I'm in a position of influence, but how do I um, not be prideful about that? How do I not use that as power over people? But how can I use the power that I have to serve people where they're at and to help them grow? So that's what I got. Being decentered yet influential. And we've only got a few more months of the year left, which means we only have a few more of these narrative 101s left. And so we've got a few kind of miscellaneous topics to hit on. Thank you so much for checking this out. And this kind of, I guess, concludes, I guess the listening is kind of like the part one and this is the part two. But yeah, and join us next week uh, for another Why We Love as we talk about the guide of Dumbledore and Harry Potter, because that's our next one. So thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to spending more time with you as your friendly narrative practitioner. It is not about me, but I am thankful that you take time to listen to me. Reach out to me at All Things Narrative so I can return the favor and make it about you through our workshops, through our coaching. Let me center you. It would be an honor and a privilege to do that. And until then, or until next time, take care.